It's one of the best weekends on the Rugby League calendar this week. It's Magic Round. Welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 10. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Great to be here on a Thursday night. We are less than 24 hours away from the kickoff of the 2023 Magic Round, where all eight games will take place at Suncorp Stadium up there in Brisbane. I'm getting on a flight tomorrow morning, and I'll be heading up to watch all the action and... Round 9 was a big weekend of football. I mean, there's some teams that are really in good form. South Sydney, the Rabbitohs, they're just on fire at the moment. They're probably the informed team of the competition. A dominant win last week over the Broncos. Penrith, they're 4 out of 8 wins. So, you know, from being the benchmark of the competition for the past 3 years, they're a little bit vulnerable at the moment, Penrith. And, you know, I know it was raining, but that loss last week, we'll see how that affects them moving forward. But the West Tigers... Got their first win of the year over Penrith last week, and it was a huge occasion. And I'm very happy for the West Tigers supporters out there. Can they back it up against the St. George Laura Dragons this week? We'll find out. The Raiders, Golden Point winners over the Dolphins. So it was a huge weekend of football, and it sets up a really good magic round. I'm really excited for the action to kick off tomorrow night. And, you know, there's some games on paper here that you go, well, there's clearly a red-hot favorite here that's probably going to I guess, dominate and, and, and win the matchup. But this round seems a little bit deceiving for me. I mean, obviously, so far in 2023, I have had the tendency to overthink things. I only got four out of eight again last week, and we'll recap the round as a whole in a minute. But, yeah, this round seems like a little bit of a tricky round for me. I've, there's games where I think that there's a, a clear favorite and a clear tip. But then there's some games where, you know, on paper, you look at the teams and you go, this team should be winning. But... You know, it's a big occasion. There's going to be a sold-out crowd up there for Suncorp for all three days, 45,000 at the venue every day. It's it's going to be an electric atmosphere up there. And usually when that's the case, uh, you know, the players produce their best football and we see some fantastic performances. I expect the likes of Nathan Cleary, James Tedesco, and Latrell Mitchell to really step up. Someone like Reese Walsh as well for the Broncos, for the home faithful up there and the Hammer as well for the Dolphins. I expect all these guys to fly, play their best football, and, uh, you know, rugby league in general, the rugby league community, to see the very best that the game has to offer here this weekend at Magic Round. But before we get into the round preview, where I'm going to tip and preview all the games of Magic Round, I just want to have a look, and I said a couple of weeks ago, I named my New South Wales blue side heading into State of Origin. We are less than... Four weeks away from that fixture. I believe it's the 31st of May, Origin 1. So the countdown well and truly on. This week, I'm going to name my Queensland side. I was originally going to do it last week, but we had the Anzac Day festivities. Another huge round in round 10 um, this week with, Sun, with uh, Magic Round. But yeah, I thought I'd name who I think is in the running and who I would personally pick for the Queensland side. And if you look at this Queensland side in comparison to last year, there's some changes there. I think Billy Slater is in a very good position as the coach here where he can stick a lot of his players because a lot of them are in form again. But there's still some question marks over a couple of key positions. And, you know, Queensland, unlike New South Wales at the moment, in my opinion, have the luxury of a, a plethora of forwards that are in really good form and really making their best case to play Origin Football in 2023. So this is just what I think the Queensland team should look like game one. And, you know, it might not be the team Billy Slater runs out with on May 31st, but I think it's going to be a, a fairly good indication. And at fullback, I've gone Reese Walsh, which is probably the most, I guess, controversial pick in the whole side. 
Obviously, there's cause for him to make his origin debut here. Uh, but obviously, Caelan Ponga is the incumbent. Now, he missed 11 tackles, I believe, at least last weekend in that horrendous display that Newcastle dished up against Parramatta. And obviously, he's been struggling for consistency because he's been in and out of the footy team with concussion dramas over the last 12 months. And he's only played you know, two full games of football or three, I think, with last week's full games of football in 2023. So um, I think it's going to be a real big question when these teams get announced in a couple of weeks whether Billy Slater sticks loyal with Ponga or he puts in Reese Walsh, who, in my opinion, his form cannot be overlooked at the moment. He is on fire. A little bit quiet against the Rabbitohs, but, you know, the Broncos were dominated in that second half of football. But when the Broncos are firing, he is everywhere. He's defensive, uh, defensive. Prowess has improved over the last 12 months, and I think that that new home of Brisbane has really reindicted his first-grade career, and I think that he's well and truly in the mix for this Queensland jersey, and I think that he deserves it based on current form. So uh, on the wings of Gonzalo and Cobo and Xavier Coates, I think that they were in the incumbents in Game 1 last year. Cobo did a really good job in his first Origin Series. He's continued his good form into 2023, and Xavier Coates had some injury concerns, but... When I look at this team and and the candidates that could come in, like someone like uh, the Hammer, who has been um, in amazing form there for the Dolphins, he could come in and, and do a job for Queensland, but he's primarily a fullback, and I think that the best option at the moment for the wing is Xavier Coates. So he keeps his spot for me, and I think the centers pick themselves. It's got to be Valentine Holmes. It's got to be Dane Gagai. They've been there. They've done it before. Gagai always steps up in the Origin Arena, and Valentine Holmes is one of the most prolific try-scorers we've seen in Origin history, and he's one of the best defensive centers in the NRL, and um, especially if Campbell Graham is to get picked in one of the center spots for the Blues, I mean, that's going to be an epic battle. Two, probably the two best defensive centers walk going around today, uh, head uh, up against each other. We know Holmes can score tries, and Campbell Graham's the top try-scorer of the year right now, so yeah, I think that those two pick themselves, same as the halves. I mean, Cameron Munster's going to be the 5'8". Daly Cherry Evans is going to be the halfback and the captain. Those two are just so influential for Queensland. They've been doing it for years. They're veterans and, you know, Munster can win a game for any side at any time. He's, he's that talented. He's that good. In the forward pack, again, there's so many forwards to choose from. So I've named a couple outside the 17 that I'll bring up. But in the props, the starting props, that is, I've gone Big Tino from the Gold Coast Titans and Christian Welsh from Melbourne. Welsh has had a successful return from injury. I think he deserves that spot. Big Tino, man, he's doing great things at the Titans, and I think that him and David Fafita's form is unbelievable, which we'll get to Fafita in a minute. At hook, I've gone Harry Grant. Um, obviously, he'll you know, share that role, but I think that he's done enough to warrant him starting his uh, start of the year. Pretty good form there for Melbourne. In the second row, I've gone Kurt Capewell, who I think is under a little bit of pressure to keep his origin spot, but, you know, with Brisbane being in such a good position that they are at this point of the season, a lot of his work goes a little bit understated, and I think that um, he's a very good representative player. He has stepped up in the past in origin. I think he can do it again in 2023. And Felice Cafusi, speaking of veterans, speaking of big game players, there is no bigger big game player in the second row than Felice Cafusi. He's been there. <clears throat> He's done it for, for for many years for Melbourne. He's, uh, you know, lifted this Dolphin side when he's been on the field this year as well, and it's really been a leader in that pack, and I think he deserves his spot in the Queensland side. At lock, I've gone Patrick Carrigan. He is just one of the best uh, forwards in the competition at the moment. He's been amazing there for the Broncos. And on the bench, Ben Hunt. I've gone Ruben Cotter. Jai Arrow, who I think has had a very successful return from injury for South Sydney, and David Fafita, I think his form is way too good to overlook. So, unfortunately, that leaves Nanai dropped. Um, 18th man, I've got Lindsay Collins. 19th man, Gilbert. 
20th is Flegler, and I've just put the hammer down as well as insurance there and the outside backs. But I just named a bunch of forwards and a bunch of forwards that are in great form there for Queensland and in their club football, respectively. It just shows you the options they have at their disposal. And unfortunately for the Blues, I can't say the same for their forward pack. They've got some injury problems there, like Jake Trorovic is out for a month now. Um, and and same as Regan Campbell-Gillard. So they're a little bit short up front, the Blues. And whoever they pick in those positions better be up for a hell of a fight because this Queensland side, make no doubt about it, they won last year's series. They're going to be coming to play again in 2023. So that's who I'd pick in Origin Game 1. What do you guys think? Would you pick the same Origin side as me? Would you make some changes? Will Billy Slater pick this side? Will Billy Slater stay loyal with Kalen Ponga? We'll find out in a couple of weeks. But, you know, in honor of Magic Round, I thought I'd name that Queensland side because it's all about Queensland this weekend. All the games are up in Brisbane, and we're about to preview the round. But before we do so, let's get to round nine, and let's just recap the round that it was. I've talked about it briefly. But uh, on Thursday night, the Cronulla Sharks, 44-6 to over the North Queensland Cowboys. I tipped the Sharks in this game, but I thought the Cowboys would, you know, come out and make a statement after their poor start to the year. They had a improvement in a victory over the Newcastle. They showed some promising signs there a fortnight ago, but last week was just a team that looked completely defeated and a side that looked almost ready to give up on their season and we're only nine rounds in. It looks like the complete opposite of what we saw from the Cowboys last year and Cronulla made them pay. I think it was more the Cowboys being bad than Cronulla being good, but I said I don't know what to make of Cronulla and every week they just impress me a little bit more and make me a little bit more of a believer, but Cronulla were way too good in that game and I tipped them Friday nights, we had the Eels 43 against Newcastle 12. Speaking of uh, poor performances, Newcastle had such a good month of footy there um, after the first couple of weeks of the season, and they really were fighting in games and making themselves the hard team to beat. I thought we'd see more of the same, but the Eels came out and destroyed them. I tipped the Eels in this game, but it was an awful effort by Newcastle. And then you hear the reports this week that because they've got the bye, they're the only team not playing in Magic Round. They've got some players over Bali and... I know that mid-season trips are a part of the game now, but I don't think they should be. I think that Adam O'Brien should have really uh, been knuckling down this weekend, cancelled those, and really got into them at training and make them see that those types of performances aren't warranted in Newcastle. And I'm sure not all the players are overseas or on holidays at the moment, but it just sets a bad example for the club as a whole. Uh, the second game on Friday night, I went the CF Sydney Rabbitohs uh, to win. They did win that game, 32-6 to over the Broncos. Brisbane started the game off really impressive. They really got in CF Sydney's faces and really uh, made CF Sydney earn the possession that they got because they had majority of it and they were keeping the ball for long periods of time. But when CF Sydney got bored in the second half, it was all CF Sydney. They were too good at the end, 32-6. to Super Saturday, I tipped the Dolphins to upset the Raiders, but it was the Raiders that showed that they're a club that's still going to be capable a lot in 2023, despite the fact that Jack White's going at the end of the year. They're still a finals contender. They won that game 31-30. to It was 12-0 after five minutes, and the Raiders are on fire, but unfortunately for them, they clocked off. The Dolphins came back at them. So there's a little bit of um, worrying signs there for Canberra, but they did enough to get the job done. The second game, the Titans, 26, defeated Manly 10. I tipped Manly in that game. Tommy Turbo was a late withdrawal, which I said on the show was probably likely at that point of the week, but... You know, Gold Coast, I don't know what to make of them either. They don't seem to be a team that wants to really tackle for long periods of time when they get long um, extended periods where they've got to defend their own line. They they can't stop opposition, but mainly we're just all over the place. And it's worth noting that these Saturday games, it was very rain-affected. And the next game, I tipped the Panthers to beat the Tigers, but the Tigers, 12-8, they got the first win of the year. Luke Brooks controlled the game really well in the wet, and the Tigers just played basic football, which I think... 
We'll talk about it more later when we get to their preview, but something they've been lacking this year, they try to get be a little bit too flashy. But going back to the basics, because of that wet weather being forced to really help them, and they um, knuckled down and made Penrith try to you know earn the win, but they couldn't do it. Penrith got outplayed at the end, and the Tigers were 12-8 to eight winners. And in the Sunday games, the Roosters 14-0 in a horrendous condition game there at Mount Smart Stadium against the Warriors. I tipped the Roosters in that one. They were too good for the Warriors. The Warriors had a lot of injuries, but... The impressive thing for the Roosters was their defence. I know it's horrendous conditions, but they um they looked like a uh, I, I guess a, a brick wall defensively. The, the Warriors couldn't fire a shot against them, and they earned that win. And uh, then the Bulldogs eighteen to sixteen to end the round of the Dragons. I tipped the Dragons in that game. It was a bit of a it was an entertaining game for what it was, but it was two teams that probably aren't going to be anywhere near finals contention in twenty twenty three. And the Dragons particularly disappointing in front of their home fans um, in Wollongong. But we'll see how they respond this week. That was my round. Nine recap. I got four out of eight tips right, but let's get straight into the action now. Magic round, round 10. It all kicks off tomorrow night. Please remember before I start this round's preview to like Steve's NRL footy tips on Facebook. It is the best way to stay notified for the updates for the future of the show. Please remember to subscribe and like whatever platforms, whatever podcast streaming service you guys listen to. I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Podcasts, I'm on Anchor, Google Podcasts. Whether you listen to them, follow Steve's NRL footy tips. I appreciate it. And let's get to round 10, magic round of the 2023 season. I'm excited for this one, folks. So the first game of magic round this year, as all the games taking place at Suncorp Stadium this week, it starts at 6 p.m. It's between the Canterbury Bulldogs versus the Canberra Raiders. And it's probably a good thing that a lot of fans are going to be still getting into the stadium during this game because it's going to be a big weekend and... We'll see how the attendance is for the first game of the round. but Because it's not a great game of football, this one. and It's two teams that, uh, you know, they definitely have a lot to prove. But it's a game that probably is worthy of the 6pm Friday slot. And as I said, there's going to be a lot of excitement because the round is starting. But if you're going to miss one game of football this weekend, this might be the game to miss. Because, you know, the Bulldogs, it was a good win last week against the Dragons. They fought hard and... Um, it was a really good effort, especially while their forward pack early and Braden Burns and the like and Hayes Perrin played good. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, they just wanted more than the Dragons. The Dragons had plenty of chances to win that game, and we'll talk more about their problems a little bit later on the show. But the Bulldogs, they were tough, and you could definitely see the improvement under Cameron Serrato. It's obviously going to be a long road ahead for them, especially with all the injury dramas that they have. But... You know, it's it's one of those things where it's a week-in, week-out proposition. I've said it since round one. They're lacking leadership. They put Josh Reynolds in there to give them some last week, and they've got this young kid that they're blooding, Carl Oppo. I, I can't pronounce the last name yet. I'll work on it during the week. Uh, but he was really impressive in his debut. But overall, they're still missing a lot of troops. They do get Franklin Pelé this week on the bench back. Max King and Jacob Kraz were originally both scheduled to line up in this game, but there's reports that both of them still aren't ready to go, and Kraz has already been ruled out. Max King's got to pass a fitness test tomorrow. So the work that he does up front is going to be influential to the Bulldogs' success tomorrow, whether he takes the field or not. And Kraz is making 200 metres a game, so he's a big loss, no doubt about it. Their opponents this week, the Canberra Raiders, I don't know what to make of the Raiders in 2023, really. They've had an up-and-down season, obviously. You know, a week ago, they were shocked by the reports of Jack White and signing with South Sydney, and that left the club with a lot of outside noise. But they came out, they made a statement early last week against the Dolphins. They got up 18-0 very quickly, and, you know, 
I think in their first two possessions, I don't think the Dolphins touched the ball before it was 12-0 to the Raiders. But during that game, and the, Ra- the Dolphins came back at them like they've done so many times this year, the Dolphins, they stay in the fight. But there was some defensive deficiencies there by, by Canberra that they've got to work out. And the clock-in, clock-out mentality where they start the game off hot and they clock off and teams go and beat them, it's been a common occurrence at Canberra for a number of years now, and it is concerning. Jack Wyden was impressive, especially in that first half when he's come back. But he's going to have to be at his best if they're going to make a finals appearance in 2023 before he leaves and you know, have a shot at this thing. They do get Xavier Savage back this week. He's going to be taking place for Albert Hoppawati, who's back to reserve grade. He's a big in. Sebastian Chris, surprisingly, has kept that fullback spot. He was a little bit, you know, a bit dodgy defensively at the back in those early rounds and under the high ball, but he's proven himself over the last few weeks, and I can appreciate the loyalty by Ricky there to keep him in the position. Uh, but yeah, for me, this is a game that Campbell probably should be winning. Their forward pack um, has been good these last few weeks. Tarpany hasn't been playing a huge amount of minutes, but in his absence, because obviously he's had a he's had a baby, we know the report over the last month, he's had a baby, and I guess... You know, obviously, family is more important than footy, but I think as the season progresses, he'll get back to playing his big minutes. And in his absence, both Hudson Young and Corey Horsburgh have really stepped up there for Canberra. So um, Hudson Young hopefully can get back to the form that we saw at the back end of 2022 because he's the outstanding. But yeah, I think that this is there for the taking for Canberra. Bulldogs will be in the fight for the first 20, but I expect Canberra to come out a little bit too hot for him. Um as the game winds down, which is the exact opposite of what they have been doing. And I think that's what Ricky Stewart wants to see. He wants to see an 80-minute performance or as close as he can get there. And definitely in the middle portion of the game, Canberra have to be careful and complete their sets, especially if they've got a big lead. Don't uh, rest on your laurels. Keep trying to score points and don't try to defend your way to victory because that's where Canberra have been going wrong recently. And I think that... You know, they're a good footy team on paper and they're definitely a team that's capable of playing finals footy in 2023. But... It's one of those things where, you know, they're a side that when they're up, they're up, and when they're down there, there's a lot of things that go wrong quickly for them. But I think Canberra win this game. I think that the Bulldogs' injuries are, are still a major issue, and there's still no, I guess, consistency in their half to partnering with Bird. I know this young kid's very, got a very promising future in the NRL, but I think that it's a little bit off from all coming together because I don't expect Josh Reynolds to play big minutes. since uh, you look at forward, the forward pack from... The Raiders, especially Max King, don't play. I think it's going to be a bridge too hard for a uh, bridge too far for the Bulldogs to win two in a row here. And I got Canberra winning this one by sixteen pretty comfortably at the end of the day. Huge game for the second match of Magic Round this week. It's the home crowd's favourites, the Brisbane Broncos. They are surprisingly the away team in this game, like they usually are on this round. It's the Manly Seagulls versus the Brisbane Broncos from eight oh five on Friday night. And Brisbane, they had a bit of a setback last week against South Sydney. They had a few out. Big Payne, Hassel, and Cobo, Corey Oates were all big outs in that game, and they definitely missed Huss up front, but I thought their forward pack did a really good job early, but South Sydney showed their class in the second half, and I don't think it's too worrying a sign for the Broncos because South Sydney are a class unit. They've shown it over the past few weeks, and they're definitely a premiership contender. So I don't think the Broncos have too much to be ashamed of for that effort. They, things went a little bit wrong for them for the second half, but they're still a team on the improve, and they're still improving each week um, in terms of getting back to the Brisbane Broncos that we know so well, the sides that's competing for premierships. And, you know, Reese Walsh, uh, I think, in front of this home crowd at Suncorp, I think he could have a field day out against Manly this weekend. Adam Reynolds was impressive last week. He gets his partner back in Ezra Mann, and Huss, obviously, 
is a big difference in the middle. Him and Flegler, I think, will be able to terrorise Manly early this game. And I think if Manly are going to win this game, they've really got to limit those two big forward meters and and Carrigan as well, who you know is a ball player, but he can he can make an impact when he runs the ball. So um, I think that you know Manly they were horrible last week against the Gold Coast Titans. The less said about that game, the better. They uh, didn't seem interested. They they could barely fire a shot against the Titans. And that is concerning because. Obviously, Josh Schuster's out of the side, and it might be a quad issue. It might be a form issue. It might be a a sign that he needs to do more to keep his spot. We've heard all the comments. We've heard the, I guess, the inability to to get fitter um, and to really make uh, himself an elite player. And you know, we'll see how he handles that adversary uh, adversity and get any whether he can get back into the side. But at the moment, Cherry Evans is partner with Cooper Johnson. Both of those two need to be better, but they're going to be good as, good as the forward pack in front of them. And for me, especially uh, with no Sipley or Jay Trojevich this week, they're really light up front mainly, and I think it could be a concern against this Broncos side come Friday night. Obviously, the Brisbane are going to be the the red hot favourites, and in front of the home crowd, I expect them to really energise this Brisbane side. I expect a hot start by Brisbane. And it's just whether Manly can contain that opening, that opening, you know, barrage of of energy that Brisbane have, and and whether the storm, so to speak. Tom Tarorovich back this week, so is Kohler, but obviously all eyes are on Tommy, and and whether he can make a successful to return from injury. It was only a slight groin injury, but you know, even before that, he really hasn't got running so far in terms of his legs in in twenty twenty three. He doesn't seem entirely comfortable in his own skin at the moment, and he doesn't seem to be. I guess, fully trusting in his body that it's going to hold up, which is a concern for Tommy because he made a break a few weeks ago. He immediately looked to pass. And, you know, it's going to take a while to get that confidence back. I understand that. But Tommy Turbo at 50%, I don't think so much of a help for Manly. And I think that he's going to have to be at his absolute best. Combine a world with Cherry Evans, whose kicking game is going to have to be better than it was last week if Manly any chance against the Broncos up there on Friday night. And I just don't see it. I think that Brisbane... Uh, I just think they've got them covered. I think that they're a side that's going to outing Fuzzy. I expect a response from Manly because I think that Manly are going to be under the pump and Seaboyd's going to have to um, really lift him for this clash. He's going to want to, you know, a big effort against the, the side that axed him in Brisbane and the side that, you know, you want a wooden spoon with. But for mine, uh, Brisbane, there's just too much positive and too much upside on them, and I just don't see Manly um, in the fight for long periods of time. For them to be in the fight, the forwards had to get in the back. Uh, they have to get Brisbane's forwards on the back early. And guys like uh, Olukawatu and Kepi, they've really got to take it to Brisbane early if they're going to um, be in this contest. But I just think that, yeah, Brisbane at the moment, they're still a really confident footy side despite the fact that they're coming off a loss. And Reese Walsh, I expect to be on fire in this game. I expect him to have a man-of-the-match performance. And um, I think that Brisbane just got too much points in them. Manly will be able to score some points against Brisbane if Brisbane's defence is anything like it was last week. But yeah, for me, Brisbane, too much confidence at the moment. They're flying high even with that loss. Star Troops back and too much attacking footy for me. I've got Brisbane by 18 in the second Friday night game. Everyone that listens to this show knows what time of the week it is. It's time for Super Saturday, my favourite time of the show and my favourite day to watch footy every week in the action this week on Magic Round. It starts at 3pm between the New Zealand Warriors and the Penrith Panthers. And the Warriors, for the fight they've shown in 2023, they did not fire a shot last week. And their fans really came out to support them. There was over 20,000 uh, 20, out, out smart. But unfortunately, the injuries really caught up with them. And 
the likes of Dylan Walker and Sean Johnson couldn't lead this side well around well enough to fire a dead in the roosters in those wet conditions. So I expect a big bounce back from the Warriors this week. They've got Chance to Hodstack back on board. Tohu Harris is coming back in, and they're just going to be full of energy um, to start this game against the Pender Panthers side that, let's be honest, they're down in confidence at the moment. They're still an elite football team. They're still going to be a premiership contender, in my opinion. But the more losses they rack up, the more it hurts their top four chances at the end of the regular season. Dylan Edwards and Nathan Cleary, they're still at the top of their game, but um, I think that they've been missing a little bit up front. James Fisher-Harris back this week really helped that. So was this return of Spencer Lenu. Unfortunately, Eisenhuff's out, but a lot of this premiership side remains intact. But one thing that Penrith haven't been bad at this year is the defensive efforts, and the Warriors you know, really struggled in the wet weather to score points. They're going to have to be a lot better this week if they're going to crack the Penrith Panthers line. The Panthers, they've lost four games this year, but their biggest losing margin only by four points. I think that this is without a doubt an opportunity for the Warriors to get back on the right foot, even if they don't win the game. A good performance will go a long way in terms of their finals hopes in 2023. But, you know, you, you'd expect Penrith to bounce back two losses in a row. Um, the club's starting to get on a little bit of pressure to perform, especially to be at that elite level that they've been at the last few years. But it just shows you how good they've been. They lose two in a row. And, you know, there's there's big worries about whether they're going to be premiership contenders again. I don't think it's much to worry about. I think that they're a side that can still win this competition. I think that they're a side that will still be in the mix and probably still make the career final. But, um, you know, it's a little bit of a, a low point for them. they got Liam Henry debuting on the bench this week as well, Penrith. Um, if there's one weakness, I think it is the bench. Sonny Luke, you know, he's a talented footballer. He doesn't have much experience under his legs. Slinsey Smith, Liam Henry, and Salmon, they're all guys that, haven't had too much first grade opportunities and obviously one of them is making their debut so yeah it's going to be interesting um this week i think that the warriors will be up for the fight but it's hard to back against Penrith. i think it, there'll be a lot of points scored in this game even though you know Penrith's defense has been really good this year i think that the warriors if the it's a dry track i think they do have points in them but if it gets into a shootout i think Penrith have got more in them, and I expect it, this will be a, a good bounce back game for Penrith to get some confidence back in the team and, and show what they're capable of. I expect Nathan Cleary to have a dominant performance, and I expect Dylan Edwards to make over 300 metres like he always does. But I've got Penrith winning this game by eight points, but I think it's clo- going to be closer than a lot of people realise because the Warriors, uh, they've shown a lot of promise in 2023, and sure, it's it hasn't worked out all the time, and you know they didn't score a point last week. But I think that they're going to bounce back, and, and Andrew Webster's really got this place going in a very positive direction. That club, and I think they'll be up for the fight. But Penrith too strong at the end of the day for me. And the second game of Super Saturday this week is a special occasion up there, Magic Round at SunCorp. It is the ninth hundredth game of coaching for Wayne Bennett. It's a huge milestone. He's the first coach to get there, and I expect a Dolphins performance that uh, you know is worthy of this huge milestone that we're seeing this weekend. It, it doesn't get more fitting. Wayne Bennett playing at his you know, home at Suncorp in front of a packed stadium. You, you couldn't, I guess, write this any better. Uh, Wayne Bennett, he's the best coach of all time, and I think that he deserves a, a massive response up there at Magic Round. I'm sure he will get it this weekend, but their opponents, the Dolphins this week, the home team, even though it's at Magic Round at Suncorp, the Cronulla Sharks, they're not going to be a pushover. They were dominant win- winners last week against the Cowboys, and they've really been on the improve since the return of Nico Hines. They have barely put a, a foot wrong, and their side that I said I wasn't sure last week about what I think about Cronulla and where they're at, and 
They're a side that seems to get out to a big lead and then really drop off, let the opposition get back in the game. They didn't do that last week. I mean, the Cowboys scored one try, but the Sharks hit right back. And it's, it's improvement, and it's very promising signs there for Craig Fitzgibbon. I think that the club's in a really good place at the moment. Will Kennedy's been fantastic. Nico Hines is... You know, probably the best player in the NRL again this year. The his return, he's just been enormous. And I don't know how Brad Fittler. I don't want to get off to, topic too much, but how can Brad Fittler keep him out of this New South Wales blue side? Whether he's at six or fourteen, which I think he should be at six, because I don't think Lua has done enough to keep that spot. But even if he's at fourteen, I think that Nico's got to be in this side somewhere. He's he's the best player in the NRL. How can you leave him out? But back to Cronulla. Um, you know, if there's one thing that that I'm a little bit still iffy about, it's that forward pack. They've um, you know, Hemingueli is out again this week, and you look at the the starting props. You got Oregon Kafusi, who's you know been solid, and he, he really, um, I guess, uh, did his trade there and any service there at Parramatta before coming to Cronulla this year. But him and Royce Hunt, they got a big job against them because they're versing two of the most experienced props and front rolls in the game in Bromwiches, the Bromwiches, the brothers, and Jared Wallace coming off the bench as well. So I think that um, the return of Dale Finucane, he's back at thirteen this week even though you well he's out. So one man in, one man out for Cronulla, and it's a you know, big influence for Nuke, and he just makes the whole squad around him. So hopefully that will negate that absence, but <clears throat> I think the the forward pack is, is where the, this battle's going to be won. I mean, as I mentioned, the Bromwich brothers, Kafusi, Gilbert, Marshall King, it's it's a good-looking forward pack there for the, the Dolphins. They're some of the most experienced campaigners in rugby league, and... You know, I said this last week against the Cowboys, but I think this will be a test for Cronulla this game. And obviously the Dolphins, they'll be out to start hot because they've been down significantly in the past two weeks and fought back and won one and lost one in Golden Point. So you just never count the Dolphins out. They're going to be in the fight, but their start will want to be better this week if they're going to knock off Cronulla. Their halves are still a problem, obviously, Nick Rima and Katoa. Um, Nick Rima's been good in patches and Katoa. Is improving every week, but obviously his first year in first grade is going to get some, some things right, some things wrong. For me, for the Dolphins to win, the Hammers got to be at his best. Well, I think the forward pack battle is important. I expect a lot of points to be scored again on a dry pack, uh, a dry pack, a patch, patch is what I'm trying to say. Um, of grass there at Suncorp, and yeah, I mean the Sharks can score plenty of points. The Dolphins can score plenty of points. Both of their sides, I'm not convinced about them defensively, so I expect a real high scoring game. And I'm actually going to go the upset. I'm going the Dolphins to win this. Four-way Bennett in his 900. You might call me crazy because, as I mentioned, I don't know what to make of Cronulla, but I think they're, they're impressing me each week and they're, they're going better than I thought they would go at this point of the season. But I don't know. It's just it's a magic round. Magic things happen. Big surprises happen. And Wayne Bennett's 900. I expect the players to just come out and show what Bennett is, is really means to the club and... You know, he's the main reason why this Dolphins franchise has been successful nine rounds in. And I think that his side is really going to step up for him this week. I expect a similar Dolphins performance to what I saw in their first ever game against the Roosters in round one. I think they're going to be that focused and that in and in, you know, that mindset to really compete in this game. And, you know, Cronulla are a good football side. And, yeah, they, they might get the two points. I, I'll tip the Dolphins to be upset by two. But regardless of the result, I think this is going to be a really season-defining effort for the Dolphins, whether they you know, are beaten easily by the Sharks. I think it could derail their season. But if they're in the fight and they can somehow cause this upset or even get close to it, I think that speaks volumes to what Bennett's done there at the club. And I think that they're definitely still a finals contender if they can do that on Saturday afternoon. 
From 7.45pm on Super Saturday, it is the match of the round, I think, in most people's opinions. It's the Melbourne Storm versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The Melbourne Storm coming off the bye. They've uh, been much improved since the return of some of their players. Obviously, Cameron Munster was out there for a couple of weeks. Big Nelson's back on board now, and they're... They're winning games of football, and they're, you know, the, the, their last start against the Warriors two weeks ago on Anzac Day, they found it tough, but they got the job done, and one thing that's been really impressive for the majority of this winning run for Melbourne has been their defensive efforts. It's been much improved from the first few weeks of the season. That game where they lost to the Titans in a huge scoring game, I think the Titans scored a 38 on them to win that game. It showed you the problems that Craig Bellamy had and the lack of experience around those bench forwards, but... There's one thing that Bellamy's good at, and that's fixing problems. And, uh, you know, he did that with ease. You know, the likes of Bronson Garlic, Penne, Lorero, they've all, for young players, Bellamy's really got them up. And, and just the improvement that they show week by week is, is unreal. And, you know, coming off the bye, they love playing at Suncorp. The Storm, they're going to be really hard to beat this week. They're versing a South Sydney Rabbitohs side that I've been saying in the last two weeks. They're the fourth team in the competition at the moment. They've had the toughest run to start the year. They've already versed Penrith twice. After this week, they've versed Melbourne twice. And it's going to be one of those games where I think it's going to go to the, the wire um, like it did last time. The, the Storm, you know, they, they won narrowly in their first encounter other teams, the Rabbitohs, they versed, they versed Cronulla, they versed the Roosters. It's been a tough run for them, but what that has done for CR Sydney and the effects that it's going to have to the rest of their season, I think, is off the charts. I think that they're a battle-hardened side. They know exactly the football that they want to play when they play their good breed of football. And, you know, last week against the Broncos, they didn't have it all their own way. The Broncos really, um, you know, exhausted them as possession. They held the ball for long periods of time. Um the, the Broncos, and they try to choke CFC out of that game, but CF Sydney, they held their line defensively. They only conceded one try for the whole game, and if you look at their past few years, what's let CFC down and why they haven't been able to win that elusive premiership, one of the main reasons is their defense throughout the season. They uh, Defense wins premierships, and for me, they're only conceding 16 points. I think Actually, I think it's 15 or maybe 14 points a game out of the teams that haven't had the bye. They're the best defensive side, and you know, Penrith played one less game. They're slightly better than them, despite the fact that they've only won four games. But CF Sydney, it's a real improvement area. And they're starting to get forward back. Forward's back. Liam Knight's back this week. Moali is hurt now for a month, so that doesn't help him. But Havili's almost back. is playing some really good football since his return to injury. And when they get Kalamatangi back, they're going to be really have so much depth there in the forward pack. And, you know, because they had some tough games and they versed sides like the Bulldogs and the Dolphins, Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell have really started getting going. Campbell Graham's got to be picked for New South Wales. I think Brad Fittler is insane if it doesn't happen. I've been saying it for the past 12 months, and I hope someone's listening. And I, I know the, I know a lot of the NRL audience is because they're all calling for it. He's got to be in the side. It was the Broncos versus Campbell Graham last week. That's how good he was. Um, he has to be there. I think Cook and Murray haven't got really firing for South, but they've done their job, and when they get going, it's just going to even make South Sydney a better side. And for mine, they are the premiership favourite at the moment, South Sydney. I know the Penrith are going to be there, so I think those two sides are going to be uh, neck and neck, but then after that, we'll have Melbourne. So this is absolutely a blockbuster game. I think that it could go either way. Uh, Seahs have only beat Melbourne six times in their history. Melbourne's got a great record at Suncorp, but... For me, I'm a CF Sydney fan. I'm going to be there in attendance. It's hard for me to tip against the Bunnies. But if I'm looking at this objectively, 
I just think that the form CF Sydney are in at the moment and the confidence of those key players in the side of, of Walker, of Mitchell, of Ilias, of Campbell Graham, of their forward pack, uh, it's hard to tip against them. I know that the Storm be up for the challenge is going to be refreshed off the bye and, you know, Munster can win a game for any side at any moment, like I said at the start of this show. But, yeah, for mine, and, and obviously Harry Grant from Dummy Half, him and Damien Cook are going to have a good battle but for mine, CR Sydney, they're in 14 of the comp at the moment. I've got CR by six points. It's going to be a, a great game, a great atmosphere up there. It's going to be the game of the round at Magic Round, in my opinion. And I can't wait for 7.45 on Saturday night. Sunday afternoon football kicks off at 2 p.m. Actually, 1.50 p.m. up there at Suncorp Stadium between the West Tigers and the St. George Elora Dragons. And you look at these teams and you see two teams that have really struggled in 2022. The Tigers, let's give credit where it's due. Great win last week against Penrith in awful conditions. And because of the rain, they were forced to go back to basics. Luke Brooks really controlled the game well, and their forward pack did their job. And, you know, it was just simple, old-school football. And I think that's what Tim Sheen should be looking to employ again this week. It's almost like a case that because they couldn't throw the pl- uh, throw the ball around too much, they couldn't do that flashy play, and they were coming up with errors. I think they only made four or five errors in the entire 80 minutes last week, and that was really impressive, and the defense held strong, and credit for where credit's due. That's what we expected at the start of the year from the Tigers. We know that they can play, you know, an attacking style of football, but when you bring in those premiership winners like Abby Corus here, John Bateman's been to the big dance in, in Super League and he's been to the grand final in in the NRL. Players like to that caliber, Papali, he's, you know, was in the grand final last year. You expect a side that is going to compete every week and, you know, not get out to early starts. They scored the first try last week at the Tigers and guess what? They won the game. Shows you how important your start is. You can't be 12 to 16 points down every week and expect to be winning football games. But, to their credit, they uh, they showed up last week. They've got to back it up this week, though. It's going to be a dry track. I implore Tim Sheens. I implore Benji Marshall and Robbie Farah. Just play the style of football that worked last week. I don't care if it's sunshine. I'm not saying take no risk with the football, but control the football. And those low percentage plays only take them when completely necessary. I mean... Do the things that are going to work, and I think points will come. If you you run hard and tackle well, it might be an old-school mentality, but if you do those things right, the rest will sort itself out. And they're versing a dragon side. They're low in confidence. They've been horrible in 2023. They've, I mean, it, I mean, they've been in games, the Dragons, but they just can't win them. They've, I think they've only been outscored in terms of tries in two games this year. Their goal-kicking has let them down, but last week against the Bulldogs, they, let's be honest, the Bulldogs were using half a reserve grade side if you take away all the injuries, and the Dragons could not close that game out, and, you know, it's just, I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's a waste of the season having Griffin just stay there when he knows he doesn't have a job next year. You're better off if not having a new coach come in right now, at least tell Hook that he's not going to be there next year. Tell them, decide who the new coach is going to be. And even if he's not coaching them this year, he can decide his recruitment and get this club back on track. Because at the moment, the Dragons are a shambles. They're just an absolute mess. And it's resulting in poor performances on the footy field. The players aren't, aren't delivering. So there's got to be a clean out. And you look at the side this week, Hook Anthony Griffin is making, you know, just changes for changes. sake. So Zach Lomax being dropped. I understand his attitude could be the issue, and his goal kicking's been bad. 
It's a big call, though, when, when you're coaching careers on the line. Max Feeby has been in good form, but you telling me he's a better player than Zach Lomax at his best? There's there's problems that will be sorted out there, and, and you know a stint to reserve grade could do Lomax some good. He's obviously he's he hasn't made the best impression there, and I think he's rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way as well. Lomax, so we'll see if he can sort himself out. But you know we've also heard the reports that when Sullivan, who's been named to the bench this week, Jaden Sullivan comes on the field, he could potentially partner with Monet and Ben Hunt can go to hooker. It just seems like we're getting changes that are very reactionary and. You know, it's it's panic moves there by Griffin. And I understand making one to make a statement, but if they don't produce on the field this week and they don't win this game of football, then I think that he's going to be under more pressure and it's going to force the Dragons' hands to move him on. Because if they don't, I think this could get really ugly and really ugly quick. I can't tip the Dragons this week because I just know that even though the Tigers have been really poor uh, for the majority of the year and, you know, they beat Penrith, yeah, but they beat him in terrible weather... I've got more faith in that club at the moment than I do at St. George because they're a club that's all over the place and they're a club that seems to throw away football games. They're not a mentally tough team. When the game's on the line, the Dragons play their worst style of football, their worst brand of football. And that might reflect poorly on the coach. It might not. But at the end of the day, they're not getting the results. Um, it might be on the players. It might be on the coach. I don't care who it's on. At the end of the day, you need to win your footy games and the Dragons aren't doing it at the moment. And... At least the Tigers, even though they're not winning many footy games at the moment either, at least I can see the effort in, in them week in and week out. Um, and I can't say that about some of those Dragons players that take the field every week. So I've got the Tigers winning this one by 10 points, but you know this is pretty much a flip of the coin game at this point. And it's almost car crash viewing that you won't be able to take your eyes away from it, but you'll be watching the TV nonetheless on Sunday afternoon. The second last game of Magic Round this year is from Sunday at 4 o'clock between the Sydney Roosters and the North Queensland Cowboys. And the Cowboys are a side that look defeated. And, you know, they've had a lot of, I guess, some of their big stars not on the field. Tamalolo's out long-term. Nenai's been suspended just for leave because of that hit table last week. And Drinkwater's missed a lot of time. But they're a side that looks like a shell of their former selves. They look nothing like their 2022 side at the moment. And... Their team is down on confidence, uh, whether it's Deed and, and Townsend getting frustrated, their forward pack really getting dominated up the middle of the field, and their poor defensive issues and, and efforts. So it's, it's just a uh, it's just a shambles of the club at the moment. I don't know how Todd Payton turns it around, but I don't see it getting turned around this week. Their opponents, the Sydney Roosters, they're starting to get back to their, their best brand of football. And it was not a pretty win last week against the Warriors, but it was a much-needed win um, after a, an Anzac day where... You know, they won the game, but the Dragons scored a lot of points late and really took it to the Roosters. They backed it up with a really impressive impressive defensive performance. Um, Manu and Kiri combination seems to be working for now. I know that, or in my opinion, Sam Walker's too talented of a player to be in reserve grade for long, but um, I, I understand sticking what's, with what's working. Monotrosky's hurt, so instead of putting Sam Walker back in this week, they've actually um, got Billy Smith on the extended bench and, and Paul on Allen and the wingers and... And Suwali and, and Hutchison are currently in the centre. So it's an interesting call by Trent Robertson, but I, I can understand the mentality of sticking with what works. And, you know, their forward pack has gotten a bolster in the last couple of weeks with the return of Angus Croydon and Statili Tupanua. They're starting on the bench, but they're coming in there making an impact. And I think the Butcher brothers are doing a really good job to to hold those spots at the moment. I think when we get to the blockbuster games at the back end of the year, those... You know, the more experienced campaigners might come in and, and Angus will probably be starting again. But I like the impact they're providing off the bench. I think 
uh, that Smith and, and Turpin are a good one-two punch in hooker because we know that the fatigue they can get to Smith. And, you know, they're still a work in progress, the Roosters, but they're a work in progress that's got so much upside. And at the moment, how, how do you find an upside for the Cowboys? So I think that this game could get ugly and I hope for the Cowboys it doesn't. It's a real, and I said this last week, it's a real defining game for the Cowboys and where the rest of 2023 goes. I don't think they can make finals at this point, but um, I think this could be a disaster. I think the Cowboys could really come in and make a big effort, but I actually see the former happening, and I think the Roosters are big winners this week. I've got the Roosters by 30. I think that they're way too strong. I think Manu will be outstanding for them again, and um, they just have way too many points for a Cowboys side that can't tackle at the moment. So the Roosters, for me, big winners on Sunday afternoon. And the final game of Magic Round this year starts at 6.25 between the Gold Coast Titans and the Parramatta Eels. And on paper, this looks like a game that, uh, you know, maybe you've had enough football for your weekend. I don't know if I'll be staying for this game at Suncorp Stadium as much as I would love the atmosphere of, of Suncorp. I want to check out the rest of Brisbane. But to the Titans' credit, it was a, a big win against me last week. It wasn't particularly an impressive win, but they got the job done. And they're still a side that I think have so many defensive deficiencies that... Um, you know, the good side will expose them, but it is a confidence-building win. Unfortunately, during that win, AJ Brimson did get injured again, and it's an issue that's starting to to become all too common for the, the Titans. They do have a great replacement in Jaden Campbell at fullback. There's talks he could shift into the halves this week, but, um, you know, Foran and Boyd, Foran's been doing a good job. Boyd, you know, my opinion on him, I think that he... He hasn't done enough to keep his spot, but to their credit, the forward pack there, the Titans, Fodder Waker and, and Randall and Big Tino, they've all stepped up. Feeder's having the banner year, probably his best year in three or four seasons there. Dave Feeder, he's been outstanding, and I think he's warranted a, an origin recall. I'm not a huge Dave Feeder fan because I think that at times he's been lazy defensively, and I really rate my defensive players, but let's give him credit this year. He's been in everything, and his defense has really improved, so um, all the credit in the world there for Feeder, and I think that this Titan side is, is going to head into this game against the Parramatta Eels with plenty of confidence, and the thought that we can, we can beat Parramatta, because Parramatta have been very inconsistent this year. They're another side that when exposed pressure and constant pressure gets put against them defensively, they fold and they're weak up the middle at times. Um, but to their credit, they've really turned their season around over the last three to four weeks. Uh, Mitchell Moses playing good footy. Guffo is really involved. And I know Newcastle were poor last week, but he was outstanding last week. Clint Gufson and Dylan Brown's running the football more, which is what you like to see. They do get, um, you know, Madison back this week. They're still about reading Campbell Gillard. So their forward pack... Um, Still some interesting rotation there. Davey starting at Madison's off the bench this week. Bryce Cartwright's on the bench. So we'll see how that all lines up for him. Um, but they've done a decent enough job the last few weeks. I still don't know how they're going to go tested. And I still want to see Brandon Hands uh, play bigger minutes. But it's an interesting game to end Magic Round. I think this is a game that... Um, another one that we're going to see a lot of points because I question both teams' defense. But if it gets into a shootout, I think we saw last week uh, that... <clears throat> Parramatta have plenty of upside with the footy in hand. They can get it right. They can they can really go on a tear. Um, the Titans, to their credit, they can score points when they want to, but I just think that um, the Eels at the moment, they're gaining confidence each week. I don't know if they're a finals team in 2023, but they have shown a lot of improvement over the past month of footy, and I expect it to continue on Sunday night. I've got the Eels winning this one by six points. And that ends my Magic Round predictions for 2023. I hope you guys enjoyed the show this week. We have flown by... The Queensland side, tell me what you think about that. But just to recap my round 10 and my magic round this week to end the show, I've got the Raiders being too strong for the Bulldogs. The Broncos 
Big winners against the Manly Seagulls. On the Super Saturday, I've got Penrith bouncing back against the Warriors. The Dolphins with a huge upset for Wayne Bennett's 900th uh, win that game against Cronulla. South Sydney, big winners over the Melbourne Storm Sunday afternoon football. The Tigers <laughs> inflicting more woe by the Dragons and winning their second game of the year and their second in a row. I've got the, the Roosters being huge winners over the dreadful Cowboys. If they have perform anywhere a lot near like they did last week, it's going to be an ugly night for them. And the Eels ending the rant as winners against the tough Gold Coast Titans outfit. Those are my tips for Magic Round. I'm heading up tomorrow morning. I'm excited for it. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. I hope you enjoy the football this weekend. And I'll see you next time on Steve's NRL Footy Tips.